Hi, it's Tim Hagen from Progress Coaching, and welcome to another episode for the Coaching Conversations podcast. Now, we are on Stitcher, we are on iTunes, and multiple different channels. Please check us out. Now, one of the things that you'll get out of our podcast episodes is a lot of content, a lot of strategy. It's not fluff, it's not concept. Yet we really want you to engage with the content and let us know your feedback. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to us. If there's topics you'd love to have us address, we would love to share them with you. Let us know your impact and let us know your feedback. The number one coaching communication opportunity we all have is in the way people listen. And there are tactical solutions such as active listening or reflective listening. And those are strategies to listen or paraphrase back to somebody what they said or meant. And I go back to how people listen. And it is our contention that people listen in one of two ways. They listen either factually or they listen emotionally. Let me give you an example. I was at a client site, albeit months ago. And there was a memo sent out. And even though this was reading, it's the same principle. And I was in a room with a bunch of people in a break room. And four people sat down at a table and they held up the memo. And the memo was from upper level management. And it was about a security issue. And as the people at the table started to talk, finally a person said, you know, I just feel like they just treat us like a number, like they don't care about us anymore. And as she said that, the second person, the third person, the fourth person kind of jumped on that bandwagon and they all started to commiserate and complain and become extremely critical of upper level management. And I thought it was really funny. And as they left, I went and grabbed the memo and I'm reading the memo. And the reason I say that I thought it was funny is the memo clearly states this might feel like an over-exaggeration with our security steps, but we're asking people to badge into each and every building when they walk in. So we know who's in our buildings for the security and the welfare of all of our employees and our guests. And I'm reading this memo. Nowhere does it say we don't care about you. Nowhere does it say we want to treat you like a number, not people. Yet that was the interpretation, at least the first person and then subsequently the three people afterwards had. And I thought that was really funny because I thought not only was it not the intention of the memo, it was nowhere stated we don't care, but it shows how people listen, how we interpret, we interpret emotionally. How does this affect us? Let me give you another example. I was on a conference call with a company and they were asking me to compare our coaching model to a competitor coaching model. And I always get a little squeamish doing that because you can have the perception that you're being critical of another program and I don't want to be that person. So what I did is I said, well, first of all, I know the other company. I know their model. It is an extremely good and effective model. I want to be very clear on that. It's exactly what I just said. And I said it twice. So what I did is I started to do a comparative analysis of the model. And I said, again, I want to be very clear. The other company, the model is a really good model. Our objectives and our intentions and the way people coach are just different. One is not better than the other. They just serve two different initiatives. And that will go to the decision you need to make. Now, here was the dynamic. 
The person who called the meeting was on a video cam. I was on a video cam. The other two people were not on video cams, but were participating with audio. So there was a weird, awkward dynamic there. And so after about 15 minutes, one of the people who was not on video cam stepped forward and said, well, earlier, you know, you were kind of criticizing the other program. And she went on and I stopped her and I said, wait a minute. I have to stop you. And first of all, I want to apologize. Because if I criticize the other company, that was not my intention. I clearly did not want to do that. I am in a position where I'm representing a competitive product. That is an awkward place to be. If I have done that, then I owe, an apo- I owe you guys an apology. With that being said, what did I specifically say that gave you that impression? And here's the critical fork in the road. She said, well, I got the feeling. And she started to explain it. I said, wait a minute. I said, again, I don't mean to be disrespectful. I didn't ask what feeling you got. I asked you what I specifically said. So what I was really doing is getting this person to discern and decipher factual listening versus emotional listening. And she said, well, I just got that that impression from overall. And I said, well, again, specifically, the reason I'm asking this question is I believe I clearly have stated at least three, if not four times, the other company's program is good. It's effective. One is not better than the other. So what I don't want to do is get off this phone call and be labeled as someone who is being critical of a really good company, a competitor, albeit product or service. The person chairing the meeting stepped in and said, I did not hear Tim do that at all. Quite frankly, I think he's been extremely objective and gracious. The third person stepped in, the other person who was not on video cam, and said, yeah, I didn't get that impression at all. I'm kind of wondering the same thing. So what I did is I later circled the wagons and I contacted this person. I said, could we do a a Zoom call and could we have a conversation and could you be on video cam? And the reason I wanted to do that is it creates authenticity. It creates a really good sincerity because if she had participated, I would have been able to see how she was reacting. I said, look, I kind of, I kind of put you on spot in our call. And she said, no, no, I owe you an apology. She said that other company, I'm a big fan. I've used it at other companies and I'm pretty loyal to their methodology. And I said, then you should be. And I said, I just... I just want you to know that I felt when I was approaching this, I don't like being in those positions, but I felt like what I was saying was being taken out of context. And I sense based on your, your very honest, transparent response now is you were taking it out of context because you're really loyal to the other company. And she said, no, that, that would be a fair statement. And I owe you an apology. And I said, so the objective of the meeting was to do a comparative analysis. Have you looked into our model? And she said, no, I haven't had time. I said, so really, you entered the meeting. When you think about it factually, consciously or subconsciously, you were going to defend that product no matter what. And you should because you're loyal. I'm just wondering if that was fair or unfair to me. And she said, oh, Tim, I'm so sorry. It was clearly unfair to you. And I said, look, don't change your loyalty. The other company is a good company. I like their methodology. Our objectives are just different in the way we teach it. And it really taught me something. And she said, I have to give you some feedback. She said, I've never had somebody do that to me. And I said, look, I don't fear 
conflict. I don't fear those conversations. So that can conjure up a really negative impression of me. Yet when that occurred, I just didn't want to get off the phone and, and have myself be labeled as someone who's being critical when my intention, at least my intention, but I also felt my output was very objective. And she said, no. And she said, I'm really happy you did that. And she said, um, it's interesting because you used a phrase listening factually or emotionally. And she said, I was clearly emotional. And I said, you know what? I do the same thing. We all do it. And I said, this is where we help people conversationally. Is somebody listening factually or are they listening emotionally? And she said, you know, you really get in depth when you coach and you teach. And I said, yes, because those moments, much like the one you and I had, create lasting impressions. And I said, it is something that we've dealt with for 23 plus years. So here was the interesting thing by having that conversation and clarifying, and it goes to the number one coaching communication opportunity. Are people listening factually or are they listening emotionally? So literally we are encouraging people to define that. So the cool technique is you can define that for people. If you are listening emotionally, you are listening with how it affects you, your interpretation. Potentially, you might spin it and put your own flair on what was meant. Listening factually is, here's factually what was represented. Here are the bullet points. Here's exactly what was said without emotional interpretation. So by defining that for people, it positions managers and coaches when somebody is getting emotional to say, John, are you listening emotionally right now? Or are you listening factually? Here's the cool thing. When you're having those conversations and you have that frame of reference, what that allows you to do is be in a position to certainly draw attention to someone who's listening emotionally, who might be or is taking things out of context and putting their own interpretation on things. That's where rumors start. That's where poor interpretations are created. That's where upper level management or management's trust is undermined because people will share it with other people based on their interpretation. And here's the worst part. They will share it as fact. I cannot tell you in all the years I've been in business, how many times I've heard in a lunchroom, a break room, where you hear somebody say to another employee, oh, that manager, he or she just doesn't care. I do not know, nor have I ever met a manager who's gone into management and said, you know, I'm really hoping to get into leadership to show people I don't care. Now that might be a perception, yet the way we communicate our perceptions is factually. Isn't that interesting? It comes full circle. We will share with a fellow teammate that manager simply does not care. How does somebody know that? So let me share one more story with you. I had a client literally say to me, someone I was coaching directly, an employee of one of our managers, and the employee says, well, I just, I just get the feeling he just doesn't care. I said, oh, where do you get that feeling? She said, excuse me? I said, well, where do you get that feeling? Well, it's just the way he acts. I said, give me an example. And what I was doing is using drill down questions. And what I wasn't letting her do was just on the surface, give a blanket statement. I was making her quantify it. 
And lo and behold, as you can probably imagine, she could not quantify it. So I, so I said to her at the end, I said, you know, it's interesting. I've asked you three times to give me an example and to give me specifics of where he showed you he didn't care. What you've described for me is how you've perceived things. I said, so I'm going to ask you a really loaded two-step question. One, have you shared that with your manager, how you're feeling? Two, have you shared it with anybody else? And she immediately goes red. And I said, well, the first question, have you shared it with your, your manager? And she said, no, I haven't. And I said, I take it by your facial expression. You have shared it with other people. And she said, well, not many. I said, oh, okay. I said, so now let me ask you this. If that manager knew you had shared it with other people and not himself, what do you think his impression would be? Well, he'd be upset. I said, why would he be upset? She said, well, I probably should have gone to him first. I said, well, I would take the word probably out. I said, do you know why? And she said, why? I said, I'm telling you right now, even if you've only told one person, you have entrusted the trust you have between you and your manager in the hands of that other person. You have taken a risk you did not need to take to. You might trust this person with your life. Yet, if it gets out and it gets to your manager, I guarantee you there will be a spin or emotional interpretation on that as well. And when, they, when that gets to your manager, what's going to happen with your relationship? She said it would probably hurt it a great deal. And I said, absolutely. I said, so should he care as much? She said, excuse me? I said, should he care as much? I said, the start of this conversation was, you were basically stating to a certain extent he doesn't care. And when I asked you to quantify it, you couldn't do that. Yet, by your own behaviors, you're actually giving him reason not to care. And all of a sudden she said, oh my God. <laughs> and we started laughing. I said, look, I think you have a wonderful opportunity to sit down. And always when you share your feelings, your feelings are important. But you have to share them in an authentic, transparent way. Not through a third party. Who wants to hear that? And share it and say, here's how I'm feeling, whether fair or unfair. Here's how I'm feeling. And I wanted to share it with you in full transparency. Now, is there a risk associated with that conversation? Absolutely, depending on the manager. And I looked at her and I assured her. I said, I'm telling you right now, he will take this better than you could ever imagine. So to her credit, she went and had the conversation. And the relationship's been great since. And he said, I never knew you were feeling that way. I've never gotten that impression. Shame on me for not noticing it. Let's get together on a regular basis. And their whole relationship changed. What she was doing was labeling her relationship with her boss. How? Based on interpretations without conversation. That's why the number one coaching communication opportunity we have as leaders is getting people to listen factually. I am not discounting emotions and feelings. They are important things. Yet those emotions and feelings have to be communicated to the source where they're being created so there can be an above-board, transparent conversation. Thank you for listening to another episode of Coaching Conversations by Tim Hagen and Progress Coaching. 
Now, our company is always coming out with new and innovative solutions to help leaders coach their employees. And recently, we just created a new service called coach to You, where leaders can pick and choose topics and assign 7 to 21-day programs for employees to learn and, more importantly, apply actions and then reflect and share what they're going to do going forward as a result of the learning. It's called coach to you We're literally bringing coaching to your employees. If you're intrigued, we'll have a link in each one of our episodes where you can get more information. And again, thank you so much for listening to another episode.